Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead, and so will Matt Perino, and so will George Kurtz. Let's do this thing. It's the Wicked Wednesday edition of Game Time Decisions. Let's uh, get ready to not rumble. Let's get ready to race. Five races in a span of 14 days. It's a uh, war of uh, and a battle of attrition uh, right now in NASCAR, and Kevin Harvick took round one. Will he be able to take round two tonight? Darlington, the lady in black, waits to dance. Once again, and this is something you guys probably don't know about uh, Cam Stewart, a.k.a. Ronnie Ruggs. Cam's actually pretty light on his feet on a dance floor after a couple of drinks. That's true, Gabe. Yeah, they used to call me the dancing bear. Very smooth, very fluid. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, and you've seen me run, too. I used to actually, like, run 100 meter in a qu- quite a uh, quick pace. I told you, like Al Bundy, my claim to fame, three sacks in one game versus the Metro Bowl champion, Lorne Park Spartans, in my so, prime. <laughs> you know, what, what do you miss the most about um, this, uh, this quarantine? Is it uh, hitting a dance floor? Is it uh, going and uh, crushing a bunch of wings at a local bar? What is it yes. you're missing the most? Yeah, I miss, uh, you know, even when Visine Vince used to pull up when we used to finish, uh, you know, our show, Gabe, Game Time Decision, get the knock on the door. Hey, you want to go watch the Raptors and Leafs up at the local bar and crush some wings? That's what I miss. It's just not the same at home in the act of fry. They're good, but it's not like bar wings and meeting a couple patrons that used to watch us on the show. Like, I don't go out all the time. I'm like, like you. I'm not Mr. Bar or Tavern, but once in a while, I like to go for a sporting event, especially when both teams are playing, when the Leafs and Raptors are on. It's a good night to go out and crush some wings and beers yeah you know i don't really um it's funny because people talk about um open things up and they're in a panic see people really seem to be panicking about getting a haircut uh but they opened up um in uh, in edmonton and mick ossie was like the first one he was literally like one of the first ones at a bar (laughs) (laughs) so he got interviewed on the local news (laughs) and uh, i just said so like i said no you're really like he tweeted a picture and he was drinking beer and he had a mask on he was taking his mask off for a second and drinking a beer and putting the mask back on and i said boy you're really living it up now mick it's good thing that you know what i mean good thing you have your freedom back now sitting in this dark bar yeah empty bar empty bar old beer living it up now bro That's the thing. Like, who's going to these things, right? Yeah, it's all dark. And I got to tell, I told you before, Gabe, like, except for the bottles, some of these beers go bad, too. I'd be very careful what I'm ordering. These owners want to get their money back. You might be getting a bad brew. Well, uh, people tuning in right now remember a story that uh, that I told, I don't know, about a month and a half ago or so like that. They're selling, like, your uh, old beer down at Tennessee uh, football games. Where kids are breaking in and stealing cases of beer. I don't understand. Like, there's nothing else happening in that stadium. Like, I don't know why you guys still had cases of beer lying around everywhere, besides the fact that you were going to resell it <laughs> this fall. Excellent point. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's like Tennessee was going to, you know, they're going to sell like some eight month old Coors Light or something like that. <laughs> And that stuff lives forever, too. Be careful. Just a, another tip from a guy that drinks green beers. They go bad quicker. Don't, uh, yeah, don't yeah, leave yeah. them for eight months. 
you'll be in big trouble. I remember I had a steam whistle uh, from a bar. It was like a year old. Oh, oh, yeah, it's it's a real problem. Buy brown. They last longer. The cops, uh, the cops should have let the kids drink it and then told them after, don't worry, that beer is like two years old, kid. <laughs> like, just tell them exactly. you're not even under arrest. Go back exactly. to your dorm room. You're going to be sick all night like a lady. Punishment. It's punishment enough what's about to happen to you. As well, we welcome everybody tuning in right now on the radio side of things. We've been kicking it for a couple of minutes on TV. Pluto, Zumo, Stir. We welcome SB Nation uh, Radio, the loudest station in the nation. We're stoked uh, to be kicking it uh, with you. This is Game Time Decisions. I'm Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down with Cam Stewart on the grid via Sports Grid. Matt Perino is going to step up and in. We'll talk a little Ed Oliver and the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills now have a target on their back. A lot of people think they're one of the uh, the teams to beat in the AFC. And as uh, Rocky Balboa said, um, you know, your biggest enemy is uh, in the mirror. And and Oliver, the first sort of mistake uh, made by the Buffalo Bills in what was a great offseason so far for them, coming off a great draft. So Matt Perino covers the Buffalo Bills. He'll step up and in and kick it uh, with us. George Kurtz will mm. throw it down. Colonel Kurtz. Steps up and in. We'll talk a little baseball, NFL. There's a war of words between Devontae Parker and uh, Michael Thomas somehow, actually. And I don't know, like, Michael Thomas is a much better football player, but Devontae Parker seems like the type of guy that would, like, just punch him in the face, like, when he yes. sees him in the parking lot. So, yes. Yes. you know, they've, they've got a nice little war of words uh, going on. And, of course, uh, we have a, a Michael Jordan pizza update. And good news, bad news. Um, bad news is this skins game, this match, it's a sham. Um, the good news is at least we now know they're going to be playing the fifth hole with a putter only. <laughs> you know they're what? They're be driving with a putter only. I'm going to surprise you. I don't even care about that because they're playing, they're all playing with the same club. I don't know. Whatever. That's fine. At you least they told, told us. That's what I'm selling. But you could have told us two weeks ago when we made these bets that this is going to be a carnival contest. Like, this is the thing. You have to stipulate rules of competitions before they exist, Gabe. And I don't mind. They're all going to hit putter. Exactly. Or they're all going to hit seven. That's why I said good news, yeah. bad news. Because I said, yeah. at least we know. We know midweek. All right. They're using a putter on the fifth. I want to know if the thing's done after 18 and they have even Tiger and, and, and Man and Win, if they're going to have an imaginary carryover where we lose yeah. again in that type of situation. I still don't That's understand that. I know it's been over and over and over. I still don't understand. Oh, I'm still pissed. We won 7 5. I know. It was 7 5. There was not going to carry over. It nope. wasn't tied. Oh, I thought, next, yeah. next hole wins six, six games at stake. I mean, I six games at stake. It's over. Dave, I called my sports book, talked to a couple rep, rep, customer rep, know what they told me? To get bent. Basically, in my own words, like, screw you. I'm like, okay, that's great, thanks. Good customer. They all say the same thing. Well, yeah. you should have known the rules. No, well, there you were no rules. rules. You guys exactly. made the rules up as you went along. Excellent. And like I said, at least, at least, and good on DraftKings, they retweeted it. They said, yeah. hey, guys, check this out. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. Let's do this. Then we're throwing it down with the Raging Red Bad Cam Stewart. We'll get into the NASCAR. Uh, but... Um, you know, as far as the, the, the match is concerned, and, you know, everyone using a putter on the fifth hole, so they're going to use a putter from, uh, from tee to green. 
Yeah, one one. Didn't they say any club? They 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 might be able to use. uh, I knew a guy that used to use a seven iron and just turn it on its side and then putt with it too. So you know what? They it's basically you you have to use a club. It's did it. I'm not sure if it specifies putter, but you have to use the same club for the same hole. But they probably will use a putter. I would assume. A full match, you know, will use only one club. So yes. So what what does that mean though? That they that all means, use the same club? Who yes. picks the club that they use? Or uh, they all get to pick, like, all right, I'm going to use a two, uh, three iron only. Yes, yes, yes. I'm yeah, going to yeah. use a driver only. All right, I'll use a putter only. Because we just talked about this, right? We just talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Remember the old guy showed up and he won, like, a pro-am with a putter. With a putter, yeah. He was amazing. He, used, he played 18 holes with a putter. Yes, exactly. Uh this one, I don't you know what exactly. That's a really good point. So if Brady uses a seven, do they all use sevens? Or Tiger goes, I'm using a putter for the hole. Manning goes, I'm using a six for the hole. Like, that's the thing. They should all be using the same club, in my opinion. Yeah, for the match, Tiger, Phil, and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning will all use only one club for the fifth hole. <laughs> it doesn't say they have to use. That's open-ended, that? again. <laughs> Ended. This is what we're talking about. Like, they're not giving us the correct answers here. Like, that's one hole of the tournament, but at least they're telling us, too. Like, imagine, oh, God, man, I'm telling you, Gabe, after these events, I don't know if I can bet on these events anymore. And I've been going, like, harder on them because there's not as many sports. It's ridiculous. Like, you're just, you're throwing darts with this stuff. It's The, the numbers come got- down. The numbers oh. come down. It's down to, like, two, uh, 204, 205 now, actually. It was 230 uh, yesterday uh, when we spoke about this so money's starting to come in on uh, team cheat a little bit right now with Mickelson and Tom Brady so for the record we're we're trying to find out what we know about Tiger we know about Phil so it's about finding out about Peyton Manning's game and it's about finding out about Tom Brady's game and of course they're totally even they're both an eight handicap actually word on the street was Peyton was a little better but they're actually both an eight handicap so it's actually an even matchup, yet this is something that comes into play here, and Tom Brady actually brought this up. He said, yeah, we're both an eight handicap. He said, but uh, he's been playing golf a lot more than I have Yeah. over yeah. the last couple of years. He goes, I haven't had time. He's been retired. He's been playing golf. And a- Advantage Manning. Yeah, and let's, let's call it out for what it is. If it wasn't for the screw job at the end, the best player in the last tournament was Fowler. You mentioned to me he was playing 18 to 36 holes daily. I can tell you, Dustin yeah. Johnson wasn't. He was, <laughs> was he at the bar the night before? That was one of the worst performances I've ever seen individually. And Rory McIlroy is so damn good. He's just good. His only thing that was weak was his, short, uh, his putting in that tournament, but he carried yeah, Dustin Rory Johnson. Rory didn't touch the club for two months, and he's that yeah. good. Yeah, and Dustin Johnson looked awful. Like, he didn't touch a club for two months, and he was brutal. So, yeah, uh, advantage. If, if Manning's playing a lot more golf, I feel good about it. The fact that the line's gone down is interesting. Maybe they think the dogs are there. Oh, yeah, they're they're reeling you and me in. They're reeling you in. You're a big fish. It's going to be like minus 180, and all the money's going to come in on Team Cheat, and and we're going to roll in. I'm going to say there's no way in hell I'm not taking it. Tiger's going to win at minus 175. Let's let's just say this. I would like to know what the handle is. Like, if there's anything over, like, 65 70% on Tiger and Manning, we're doomed. The books need the right side of this thing. Well, I'm a little bit concerned already that this little sharp steam came in early on this. Yeah, I know. This thing just moved 35 cents overnight. It's uh, it's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's 
<laughs> I've already bet on Tiger. I'm saying, I already, when I, I, I saw that, I'm like, son of a, like, who knows something? I know. No, they're all I like, know. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger's on a big cocaine bender right now up there in Jupiter. Like, who, like, <laughs> you know, saw Tiger with a couple of porn stars the other night. Like, well, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, oh, no, you know, like, who knows? Like I NFL players like, every day. Who knows what they're going to do? I could just see us, like, doing the show that night, Groundhog Day in the same Oh, yeah, no, no, no. We're going to be steaming no matter what happens on Monday. Can't believe it. I, you know, I'm calling it now. I told you the earlier in the week. Tom Brady's going to hit, like, a 24-foot putt or something like that to beat us. We're going to lose because of Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, yeah, just like the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Manning will choke and limp out like a four-footer. He's going to be like you, so. Actually, sad. I put money into this thing already. Like, I, I just, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> You're right. It's getting scarier and scarier. That's the facts. Oh, uh, you know, we've got we got NASCAR. So you've got the skins game. You'll have some tournament golf coming up around the corner. Um, there's, you know, UFC is coming back. They're off this weekend. Got to give them a little time to reload. And uh, they're going to be back uh, two Saturdays yeah. uh, from now. The bigger picture. I don't know. Everything's been kind of quiet on the baseball front, as, as we've noticed over the last couple of days. I think the owners are trying to retool, and they've realized that their original, their original strategy of trying to, um, trying to, you know, smear the players and negotiate through the press backfired. Yeah. And it's funny because you know, listen, Susie, uh, Susie Housecoat and uh, and uh, Johnny Johnny Sixpack, they turned on the players right away. They're going to turn on the players anyways. But I've noticed, Cam, almost everybody in the media, like big time, like writers and stuff, are all like, don't blame the players. Yeah. Major League Baseball owners are lying. Like everybody, like Bob Nightingale. Bob Nightingale's been covering the game for 20 plus years, 25 mm -hmm. years, a friend of the network. And Bob Nightingale says um, the owners aren't telling the truth about their yep. numbers. I said, agree. And he said, open the books if you're telling the truth. Other guys, like even. Hell, even Jeff Passan, who's one of them, so to speak, ESPN, he said, don't blame the players. The owners aren't negotiating in good faith uh, here. And they're, they're truthfully not. So I, you know, and with, with each time it passes, you know, with more time it passes, I don't know, baseball finds itself in a more difficult situation. NFL is, you know, NFL seems to be on track uh, right now. And hell, they might even kick off in September. I think they will. Without fans. Mm -hmm. Without fads, and we have college football news. We're right where we were basically a couple of weeks ago. They're arguing now about the playoffs because basically the SEC's playing, and, and pretty cocky of Lane Kiffin. Settle down, Lane. Lane Kiffin <laughs> says uh, college football is the SEC, Ohio State, and Clemson, and nobody else. It's like yeah. he's, it's like it doesn't matter. He said, "Oh, you, what are you guys all crying about? You all suck, anyways." Yeah. Like, bro, you sucked when you were in the SEC. So you know, your your Ducks now. don't matter. They beat Wisconsin in the in the Rose Bowl. They're 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 a program of respectability, in my opinion. There's a lot of good programs out that's there. That's what he's saying. Yeah, he's saying the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Yeah, I, I, Oregon's good. Yes, they are. They're okay. They're good. They're, they're yeah. on the up. They're on the upswing. We'll see how well, how they do now that Justin Herbert uh, isn't there. They're they're on the upswing. But let's be real. He does have a point here as far as as far as the the Pac-12 isn't an impact on the playoff picture. No, no. His exact quote is Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin puts it more bluntly. To me, there's college football, 
Then there's the SEC plus a few teams, Clemson and Ohio State. It's cold, but yeah, true. It is kind of true. Can, but you can't you can't discount the you can't say Oklahoma's not college football. No, you can't. You can't say you can't. I agree with that. Oklahoma, even a couple other teams in the Big Twelve, you could kind of look at and say, you know, what, Michigan good. don't matter. Yeah, Michigan's good. Wisconsin's good. Penn State's decent. Penn State's a big time program. Yeah, Come they on. are a big time program. I agree. Though, like, I look at a lot of those teams in the Big Ten. They're good, right? So, see, the question is though, they're just basically they're having the playoff. Yeah, there's too much money at stake, right? And they basically stated, well, how like who's in? Like, how does this? How is it going to work? What happens? Basically, they're saying, what happens if the ACC doesn't play or they play later? And let's just say the Pac-12 starts their season in, like, November, which is a distinct possibility. Yep. The Pac-12 might say, no, no, we're good to play, but we can't start right now, but we'll just play on our own later. Because monetarily, it'd be worth it for them to do that anyways, right? Yes. To, um, to, uh, to make the money from their television contract. It would be worth it uh, for them. And it, it'd be interesting, but if you get right down to it... It's a cocky comment, but it's a lot... It's very yes. true. The playoffs essentially are the SEC and Ohio State in Clemson. And Clemson. Yeah. That's, that's basically the gist of it. And Oklahoma. Yeah. But, you know I mean? Like, the, the SEC is the mainstay in this. And basically, the SEC getting two teams in is, was also sort of uh, something. Let's go over, uh, actually, I think it's interesting. I want to take a look at the playoffs, actually, over the past couple of years. And let's just see the impact that the SEC has had. And it's been utterly... Dominant, just like Kevin Harvick was. We'll break that down too. Get on a grid. I still like. What's the deal with his eyes, bro? Like, like his eyes were more bloodshot than Bob Marley's ever were. Yeah. Like, if you would think this guy was like, basically, the cigars were blunts, and then he's just, you're right, Gabe. If you smoke that, like, to get eyes that red, you'd have to smoke about twenty to thirty reefers, like five papers, like big ones too, big fat ones. I don't know what it is. No, I don't know. It's the blood vessels. Like maybe I think he liked a little bit. You know, he liked some cocktails on the side. Some people when they oh, drink, they get, they get the red eyes and the red face. Like I get the said, red face. Yep. He said in a documentary. Remember, uh, he said when he was a rookie, they were on the road, and he said he went into the room and it freaked him out. He said, "I saw things I never saw in my life before. Guys doing cocaine, smoking weed, drinking." He said there was all kinds of naked girls and groupies in the hotel room. And he didn't hang around. And it was interesting because when he told the story, he said, I didn't drink at that time. That's what he said. He goes, at that time, I didn't drink. And you'll notice a lot. And I, I watched like every nuance and I've watched every episode a couple of times even. I've soaked it all in. And he's always drinking. Yes. Like he's in his hotel room the night before the finals. Like they even asked him, what'd you do last night? He goes, oh, I sat in my hotel room, played piano and drank beer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he... I'm not saying he was, you know, he pushes it, but you see, Jordan enjoys himself, the gambling, the drinking. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I think he, uh, he enjoys, uh, you know, he blazes uh, as well. Like, he, like, he enjoys his life now, um, but it was so intense. And there was the scene at the end, they were talking about, like, Phil Jackson, and it was the last dance. And Phil Jackson told them, Phil Jackson wrote it on the, on the, on the board in the room before the year started the last dance and you know they won again the second three-peat in a row that's six in a row and the team gets broken up and phil jackson calls everybody in one last time they already won 
They did the parade. He said, I want to talk to everybody. And man, it was deep stuff, bro. Like for everybody tuning in, if you didn't see, you got to see it. And they went sort of by each player talking about that moment. And Phil Jackson said, write down what this team meant to you, what this did for your life. And everybody wrote something down. And they said, Jordan, who didn't get deep with the team very often, wrote a poem. <laughs> Craziness. And they had a bin in the middle. Phil Jackson turned the light off and they burnt the letters. Wow. And it was some like deep Zen thing that he yeah. studied about, about Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenzo. We're throwing it down with the raging redhead Cam Stewart. Speaking of domination, nobody can dominate a buffet like my main man, Ronnie Ruggs, a.k.a. Cam Stewart. And I mentioned domination. Kevin Harvick dominated the NASCAR race uh, the other day. And we were talking about uh, about college football, the SEC's uh, domination. Uh, but, of course, nobody was uh, more dominant than Michael Jordan. I just wanted to quickly tell this story. We'll get back to the NASCAR college football, uh, NFL football, and everything else. Um, so the last dance is done, and people are still buzzing about it uh, days after the fact. And, you know, that whole flu story, the, you know, oh, was it the flu? Was it food poisoning? And... So during the last dance, the story is told that it wasn't the flu. Michael Jordan describes uh, how everything was closed in Salt Lake City. And what a shock. He said it was 1030 at night. Well, don't worry, MJ. <laughs> Everything's closed at 1030 in the morning in Salt Lake City, too. <laughs> Salt Lake City. Yeah, if you like to party, that's not your town. You probably it turns <laughs> out, I'm sure, I'm sure Pizza Hut's real happy right now. That yeah, it turns out it was a Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah. So it was a pizza hut. So the story was, if you didn't see the last dance, and of course the flu game against the, the Utah Jazz, when he hits the shot, he gets by Russell. Um, and he scores like 38 points or whatever it was. I think it was 38 points with the flu. Uh, or food poisoning. So the trainer and the, the Bulls guy sort of insinuated in the last dance that it was deliberately poisoned by people in Utah. They made it seem like, hey, people in Utah were crazy. They hated them. They hated the Bulls. They knew it was for the Bulls, and they kind of knew it was for Michael Jordan. They figured it out it was for Michael Jordan, and they poisoned his pizza. And in the documentary, he goes, well, I answered the door at the hotel, and we, you and I talked about this. It's your bad for letting him up on the floor in the exactly. first place. You yep. should have ordered it to your own room like you're a nobody. Come on, guys. You guys screwed up. But he insinuated, he goes, oh, like five guys showed up delivering a pizza. And... He goes, well, who, who, one, one is there ever five guys? And he goes, they were all peeking in the room and stuff. And the guy watched the show the other night. And um, he says it's not true. He says the, the whole story's not true. And it's a great, uh, a great story. Great name, too, eh? Craig Fight. <laughs> uh, Craig Fight, yeah. <laughs> Craig Fight. <laughs> He's the guy. He actually called in a radio show in Salt Lake City and told the story. He said, the time of the flu game, Fight had recently been hired as an assistant general manager in a pizza hut in Park City, Utah, yep. about 30 minutes from downtown Salt Lake. The Bulls have been staying at the Park City Marriott for a few days. Fight said everyone in the local food industry service knew the Bulls were staying there, of course, a small yeah, town. Of course. Like, you know what I mean? yep. So uh, when a delivery came in from the hotel, 
the employee who answered the phone said he thought it was for one of the players on the Bulls. Didn't say Jordan. He goes, I think this is for one of the players on the Bulls. Fight. The only Bulls fan there. Yep. Only Bulls fan said, I'm taking control of the order so none of you guys do anything to this. Ah, I like it. And then he even said, I'm delivering it. He said, well, I'm delivering it. I remember saying this. I'll make the pizza because I don't want any of you doing anything to it. <laughs> and then I told the driver, you're going to take me there. He said, there wasn't five of us. He said there was two of us. Michael's order was a large, thin, and crispy pizza with extra pepperoni, Ken. Nice. Good call. I like it. <laughs> Heavy meats. Look how Jordan said I ate the whole thing. Of course, of course he did. did. Jordan would never <laughs> share a slice, right? No, like, of course he would. Hey, like MJ, you could have ordered a couple of pizzas. No. I know. You could order one. Well, what is that? They order one pizza. I know. What is? Like, think I about that, Cam. I never I gotta, thought of that. He goes, oh, I was uh, with all my security. Then yeah. why'd you order one pizza and make them watch you eat a pizza? He's like Scrovy when you when he goes, guys, you're spending 35 bucks on the pizza. The guy had like $5,000 on him. He's freaking out about a pizza. Hey, Michael Jordan, here's the thing. You gotta pay. You gotta give a pizza to everybody else in your entourage. I gotta admit, Gabe, that's very cheap. And I will say this: I'm on fight side on this one too. I think the whole thing was built up, built up for the legend and the lore. I'm I, the more I think about it, the more I believe the pizza guy. He says that we weren't four or five guys. There was two of us. Yep. There was me and the driver. And he goes, I actually asked him. He said, I'm a Chicago Bull fan. Can I say hello to Michael Jordan? And, like, he saw Jordan in the room when they opened. And basically he goes, I knew it was Jordan because the second I got off the elevator, the, the entire floor smelled like cigar smoke. Uh -huh. mm, so he goes, he said, oh, my God, I think this is Michael Jordan, actually. So the guy, the trainer guy that told the story on Last Dance, uh, Grover, came out and gave him $20. Said, keep the change, $20. So he gave him $20 and a tip. And Fight asked if he could say hello to Michael Jordan. They didn't let him in the room, but they opened the door. And Jordan said, hey, how you doing? And he said, uh, he said, uh, MJ looked up from a card game <laughs> and said, thanks, man. And they said before they quickly closed the door. Um, Grover says in a documentary, I have a bad feeling about this, implying the pizza was deliberately tampered with. Okay, so fight goes on to say, well, did you get it diagnosed? Did you go to a doctor? All this innuendo on their part. One thing I remind everybody is he was smoking so many cigars. They had the window open. He didn't even have a shirt on when I went there. He was in a tank top. And around 3 or 4 in the afternoon in Park City, the sun is gone behind that mountain. It gets really cold up there. He's saying he probably really did get a flu from sitting in front of the window with the window open all night. The other thing is they're playing cards and stuff. And drinking, probably. Yeah, that's the thing that nobody brings up that I've heard people tell me before. They were like, he was hungover. Yes. They said he actually was, they said he was sick, but he was drinking as well. Yeah. And you notice he was drinking a lot, actually. Like, there was always booze in the room and stuff in the documentary. Mm -hmm. Even, like, in the old days you saw on the road. They said, oh, what'd you do? He goes, I just sat in my room and drank a bit. I'm not saying he was, like, Lemmy a Motorhead crushing, you know, 40 no. ounces, but, you know... I don't know. I, you know. We'll never really know the, the whole deal here, but this is where it gets more interesting, actually. Now, there's a story about Michael Jordan that's been told before in the past, and I wonder about whether you, you like this or you're against this. So, And this is what sticks out. Jordan 
there's a story in a documentary about Jordan saying, about Jordan saying, um, you know, he was playing for like hundred thousand dollars, and in the back end of the plane, it was like the rich guys. It was like Pippen and Jordan and mm -hmm. whoever would dare to sit with Jordan and play. He said at the front, it was like Will Purdue and Bill yeah. Eddington <laughs> yes. and like John Paxson, and they would literally play for a dollar a head. Yeah, exactly. And Jordan <laughs> sat down once and said, I want to play. And they were kind of irritated. They were like, dude, we're not playing for $10,000 a head. Yeah, exactly. You don't make your money. They were almost like mad. Like Will yep. Purdue was like, dude, what do you want from us? Like, you know, why are you bothering <laughs> us in the front of the play? Just go like, you know what I mean? Leave us alone, like that yeah. thing. Stop bullying us, right? Like, mm -hmm. so Will Purdue was like, why do you even want to play with us? And Jordan looked at him, he goes, just so I can say I have your money in my pocket. <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. Relentless. <laughs> Relentless. I know, that's, 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 a, that's a total sign. I know guys like that too on the golf course. They're not gamblers. They just want to beat you and like $1 to them could be a million dollars. That's the ah, I beat you, exactly. Ah, I got your $1. Like, you know what I mean? And I'll tell you another thing. You sent that article to me. They said he even spits on his own food. And I'll tell you another thing. I played golf with cigars in my mouth with guys before the whole time. You will have stomach pain because you're sitting there. Sometimes you inhale the cigar smoke instead of a oh, regular. That can't be good for you. And he's chain smoking cigars like Snoop Dogg smoking blunts. It'll make your stomach go in insane, bro. So this food poisoning thing, I think it's more of a hangover slash cigar smoke situation. That's what I believe. So... There's a story about how um, in 2013, he was shooting a commercial. And he had a bunch of people on his trailer and security guys and stuff, even though he knew them. And Jordan used to have a personal cook. A woman named Linda used to cook all of his meals for him. Linda. So when he used to shoot a lot of commercials, Jordan's security team would wait for him in his trailer. A woman named Linda cooked Michael's meals. He loves cinnamon rolls. So do I. Yeah. Uh, especially with the icing. Those Pillsbury yeah, Dell ones with the icing, icing. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah icing's key. Uh, she'd bake a tray and bring it to him. When it came time to film, he saw the guards eyeing the cinnamon rolls. So he walked over and he spat on each one of them. <laughs> what a guy. This guy's great. He saw them eyeing the so he spits in them. What a, what in front guy? of them, he went and lobbed a loop <laughs> yeah, on each roll. And wow. he ate them after. Well, of course he did. He didn't uh, want that. It was like, yeah, so he basically, <laughs> it's like, dude, like, you're Michael Jordan. Like, really? So it goes to show, I don't know about this pizza deal. Like, why? And he goes, I ate every piece of the pizza. And said, you could order more of them. But it's, you know, this is tricks of the trade. Of course, I've been in a touring metal band before. And you don't want people drinking all the booze backstage. No, Especially no, no. when you're sharing the, the room with other bands, right? So there's a trick to this. It's sort of like on The Simpsons. Like the carnival, when it says like uh, it's a um, it's a big bucket of puke, the candy apple, but it really isn't. It's to keep people away. <laughs> so it's the same it's thing. So on the road, this is like real punk rock stuff. Like I learned this from DRI. <clears throat> I was touring with DRI, and people were like really going through the booze fast. And the guy in DRI said, "I'm putting an end to this." And it was like a big cooler of ice cab with all this beer in it. Yep. He took milk, all right? Yeah. He poured a bunch of milk in it, and it turns into this white guck. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then he goes, he goes, nobody's sticking their arm in this. And he goes, and if you do, it's because you know. And it's true. Everyone come in. Oh, look at a cooler. What the hell happened? Everyone, me and DRI are secretly scooping beers out of it. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking ahead. So when I saw Jordan spinning on his food, I'm thinking about like, it's like, Jordan, what are you in prison? It's like, you're one of the richest guys. You're one of the richest guys in America. You don't have to worry, like bring the rolls with you. Or like, it just shows his mentality. He doesn't trust anybody. Yeah. Number one. He also shows that he's pretty tight. Like all yes. the people around him, like it's like, dude, you never spring for anything for anybody else. It's like very selfish when it comes to food for Jordan, for sure. The only time you're right. The only time he wasn't was when he played baseball. When he played baseball, he was nice to the guys because yep. you know, he's playing a ball and stuff, exactly. right? Double A or Birmingham Barons. And um, I remember at the time they were saying it was pretty cool. He would pay for like the KFC and stuff like on the bus. He actually took the bus with him from town to town, but. They said the coolest thing is he covers it all the time. That's cool. Yeah, like you get the whole team, all right, what do you guys want? You know what I mean? Like, the guy's got $2 billion, it turns out. All right, get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decision continues, as does the NASCAR marathon. Five races in a span of 14 days. Absolute insanity. I am Renzi. We're throwing down with a raging Reddit. Ken Stewart, let's get in uh, to uh, tonight's uh, race. Uh, we've got the uh, Toyota 500 uh, this evening. And even though it's called the Toyota 500, there's actually uh, less laps. It's a shorter race. It's a shorter race uh, tonight than it was on, on Sunday. On Sunday, it was 293 laps, guys. Uh, tonight, it's just 228 laps. So something uh, something to keep your eye on there. Obviously, Kevin Harvick was dominant, man. The guy led, out of 293 laps, he led 159 of them. That's crazy. Led, uh, yeah, 159 of the 293 uh, laps. But he wasn't the only one that had a nice, uh, a nice ride. Cam's boy, Alex Bowman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Bowman led 41 laps. Brad Keselowski. 80 laps, and it goes to show the cruelty, and I had Keslowski. It goes to show the cruelty of betting. It's a lot like golf, you know, Cam, in a sense that you're right there, you're right there, you're right there, bang, somehow you miss a shot, bunch of other dudes hit a shot, and you're like, what just happened? We just went from first to 17th. Exactly. Rod Keslowski, he leads 80 laps, and he ends up finishing in 13th place, Cam. He had bad luck late. Excellent point, Gabe. And I've been really noticing since I'm watching more NASCAR, it's very similar to golf, right? You need that guy for the top 10 double bogeys, finishes T12 from going from second. It's like, oh my God, I want to wring your neck. All the money you could lose there. But I'll tell you one thing. Look at the odds, right? So Harvick wins that. He goes from seven to one, basically, to half of that at plus 350. That's a little bit low. Is he going to win again? Mm, Maybe. But at that price, I'm telling you, I might take a shot. He's running the same car. He's running the same car right now. Running the same car? What about Alex Bowman at plus 750? Well, that was Alex Bowman's uh, best. That was his career high uh, right now. And uh, people are talking about this team uh, right now. I love the team names. Uh, you're Hendrick Motorsports and Penske File. You're not Penske. Penske. File. You know, <laughs> you know, Penske uh, offered me a job there. You're not Penske material. <laughs> <laughs> that's great with Costanza. What are you doing over there? They gave me the Penske file. Yes. 
<laughs> he did. Costanza did nothing with the file. That's right. He hit and, under. That's when he built the desk with the Jerry's know, like, Coaster guy. When the boss <laughs> shows back up, he goes, "Give me the Penske file. Let file. me see what you've done." And he goes, "Doesn't look like you've done anything at all." And I love Costanza's answer. Well, bear in mind, I am in a smaller office. <laughs> That's great. Bear, bear in mind, I am in a smaller office. That's a great episode. You're not that episode to me is one of the best ones. It's like uh, that's the one, but they always say, but of course, and they never finish the sentence. He's like, You ever consider coming to working for Penske? But of course, and then like he leaves the room, George quits and he goes to Penske, and he's gonna tell you, yeah, but of course we're under indictment and we're all about to get charged. <laughs> It's like, but of course, uh, but of course. All right, so, uh, yeah, the Penske file. So, um, Hendrick, listen, Hendrick off to a nice start uh, here. Stuart Haas gets it done with Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick plus 350. It's interesting, isn't it, Kev? So, Harvick wins. He's the big favorite right now, plus yep. 350. Bowman comes in second. Suddenly, Bowman's the second choice at plus 750. Koslowski right there, plus 750. Kyle Bush, I'm telling you, Kyle Bush is a lot like Jordan. If he has a bad game, he's going to come back angry, this guy. And it's funny because it's his brother, Kurt. And I'll tell you what, Kurt's only 13 to 1 right now. People are really buying into Kurt, actually, tonight, Ken. People think he can win this race. Yeah, you talked about it. He's knocking on the door. He's like top seven all the time, this guy. Yeah, you talked about it too before. And we saw the post race interview. I really like what he had to say. This guy looked fired up, ready to go. Nice comeback. The odds are a little bit thin, though, Gabe. Remember what he was before in the first race? Wasn't he like 20? And now, what is he, 13? See, there's a big, big reaction to what's happened in the first race. I don't know. I got to say, Kozlowski, you say he wins 80 laps and he's plus 750. That's what his odds were in the first race. So I think that is a decent and fair number. I'd look at him and Bowman if you're not going to look at uh, uh, the chalk. It really is amazing. Listen, they, they don't get to practice. So, but now they have a little bit more to work with, obviously, after what they just, um, you know, after just running here. You look at Joe Gibbs, and Joe Gibbs has been so dominant. Joe Gibbs' race has been dominant. They're struggling a little bit this year. They, they're not in that groove, uh, so to speak. But Kyle Busch started to come on, Cam, near the back end of that race. They started to figure some things out. Uh, actually, I'm looking at Kyle Busch. I fell for him. I fell for him, and you know, on, on Sunday at play, you know, at plus 500. Now I'm getting plus uh, 750. Denny Hamlin's always dangerous, and I'll tell you, I got a lot of respect for Michael Roberts, one of the best NASCAR handicappers in the business, and he likes William Byron. And we talked to you like Byron. We talked I about did. Byron having the great uh, i racing run that he did. It's carry over into the real racing as well. This guy can drive. Yeah, I like Byron, and you get always get a good price on him. I like him more, Gabe, for, uh, you know, the finishing top fives and the finishing top tens, those type of bets that you could find in the props. That's what I've done with Bowman a lot. That's why I told you the guy makes me money a lot of the time. Byron is improving, and you can get a very, very good number. The thing is, do you think we talked about the race at Darlington? Are you going to come back to the winner because he's going to go back to back, or do you think somebody else could come up? Like, that's a big difference when you cut somebody's odds in half from 7 to 1 to plus 350. That's like... I get it, but there's a lot of contenders. I don't think he wins prices. again. That's I what think, I'm thinking, I think Harvick too. will be like third or something. Yeah, he'll be there, but not Oh, winning. yeah, he'll be right there. 
Hey, you need racing luck. It's a lot like horse racing. It's like golf, there, too. You do need yeah. luck. And all Everything this sort of yes. went his way. Yep. A lot of other guys that were having good runs had bad things happen to them. And speaking of which, our boy Jimmy Johnson, poor guy. Oh, Jimmy I know. Johnson's like, you know, almost like the Michael Jordan of NASCAR. I mean, the guy won like six championships in a row at one point. Five, six in a row. He was that dominant. Couldn't beat him. The guy now has not won a race in 100 races. He was, I didn't realize he that. Sunday's race was the 100th race that he's gone without winning a race. And he was about to win one the of stage. the stages. Exactly. And then he gets in, the, in an accident. Yeah, he got clipped. He's got no luck. He's like me and you. No, no, he's got horrible luck. Like, yeah, he dude, does. Like, he's, he's trying. Like, even the crew chief told him, do not get down. Do not get down. You're doing great. He said, we have a great car. It's a great run. Because Jimmy started to, like, lose it, bro. I'm, like, he's not even getting mad. He's just like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, it's it's like been years now that he hasn't won. It's starting to get to him. Yeah, I, you'd be frustrated too. Guy's going to win a stage and that happens like right before, boom, clips a car. That's bad, bad luck. Yeah, he has um, He bad has luck. had. So 2016. Oh, man. 2016, 100 races. That's a lot. That's a lot. Money in the bank. Jimmy Johnson was leading with less than a half a lap to go in the first stage when he wrecked himself into Chris Buescher. Yep. Unbelievable. And then William Byron, who sure. won the first stage. William Byron lost a tire in the second stage. These are guys we bet on. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like yeah. there goes the tire. It's like kind of done. Those are underdog picks, there. It's like, come on, man. Like, uh, some stuff, it just never ends. It never ends, buddy. Cam, I <laughs> swear to God, it was right out of a movie, man. It was years ago. I literally, it was with Truex. I was, I'm pretty sure it was Truex. I had it at like 14 to one. He was about to win. Nah, I think it was Keslowski. I think it was Keslowski. We literally like, we ran out of gas, bro. Just like he literally stopped at the like, line. like 40 feet in front of the line and everyone ring went right past him. <laughs> That's so it was bad. like, it was like, please make it. It was slow. But the thing is he was only there cause he gambled. They actually made the decision. Can we make it? And you know, Cam, man, that's some serious mask up, bro, on the fly. Yeah. How much gas is in the tank? All right, let's the computer stuff. Can we make it? How many more laps? And they didn't even know. All right, dude, you got to stay on the inside. We're out of gas. You like, you know what I mean? They got to minimize the, like, the distance. And, like, it's a gamble, bro. You'll see that in India a lot. Yeah. That, that happens in India. Cars will, oh, and they just run out of gas. You said it, though, Marenzi. Some people, like, you, you know people that we know, some people just have luck. Like, money finds them all the time, right? Like, what, like Billy oh, yeah, the Bird, yeah. man, I tell you. I, I do horse races with him. Guy texts me, effing horse, dead last. It comes from last and first. He's like, oh, what a, what a good win. I'm like, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, miracle comeback. That never happens. He's angry while the race is running. I'm like, dude, don't even, like, text me anymore about this stuff. It's like, God, every single time gets mad about coming second in traffic and stuff. Like, my horse gets bounced into the wall. Jockey falls off. Like, it's just some people, buddy, it's this thing, man. I, I don't even know. Money finds money. All right. You know, so well, who's your one driver? One driver. Pick one, then we'll pick a long shot. Who's your one driver to win here? Kozlowski. I'm going back to him. I was going to go Bowman, but I'll go Kozlowski. You know what? I can't disagree with it. Guy led 80 laps. He had bad luck. Car, car's looking good. That's the that nice little groove he was in. I like Kozlowski as well. I think Kyle Busch is dangerous, but I think Kyle will step up next week. 
Yeah, he'll he'll have another good run. I'm not really ready to go all in on Joe Gibbs yet here. Similar with Hamlin. Hamlin's going to be in the mix, though. Yeah. Well, I liked Hamlin. You can't pick everybody. Tell you what, Chase Elliott, dangerous, too. Chase Elliott, plus 850. Truex, no. Uh, Logano never really runs well at this track. Kurt Busch, 13 to 1. He probably is like top five type thing. But is he, is he going to actually win the thing? Eric Jones, 18 to 1. Jimmy's 20 to 1. How about, and you know what? Um, people, they ask people after uh, the, the insiders and the experts, the drivers, who are you most impressed with uh, their run today? And they said, well, whatever. Kevin Harvick's Kevin Harvick. So that doesn't surprise us. But everybody said the fact that Matt Kenseth didn't run for two yes. years, got in a car and finished in 10th place. They, were I like, might that's, take, they said that's not easy to do, guys. Like, I mean, that's, that's how I good take, this guy is. That's funny, Gabe. I was looking at Kenseth as uh, what's his odds as, as a dark horse. 10th? 30 to 1. It's worth it's worth a sprinkle. I'll go Kozlowski is my favorite. Kenseth is my big pooch. <sighs> 30 to 1. Good number. William Byron's 22 to 1. Yeah, I like William Byron, too. Can't bet everybody. But no. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, to me, that's the cutoff at Byron. Yeah. I know, dude. I can't bet on everybody. I almost pulled, I almost did that the other day. I was like, well, I'll just take these three or four guys. They're all plus 600. If one of them yep. wins, I'm all right. No, no. I took the one guy I didn't take because exactly. I didn't want to take the favorite. I was like, well, I'm not just going to take the favorite uh, with, with Kevin Harvick. But no, I wouldn't take Harvick at plus 350. It's not worth it. Bowman's dangerous, but he just had his best finish. Is he really going to follow that up with a win, go two to one? Keslowski, it's hard not to like him. He led 80 laps. He's going to be in the mix. You're getting decent odds here at plus 750. Uh, hard not to like Keslowski there. Kyle Busch is Kyle Busch, but doesn't seem like he's in the full groove, and the Joe no. Gibbs are not in the full groove. Same with Denny Hamlin. Chase Elliott. Um, Chase Elliott is. Hendrick Motorsport. Um uh, Chase, Chase, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, both teammates, they actually finished two, two, and four. I'm That's not good. buying in the Truex. I'm not buying in a Logano. Kurt Busch, 13. It's almost process of elimination, Cam. It's like Kevin Harvick, Brad Keslowski, and then who's that outsider that pops in into the mix? I'm going to roll the dice with William Byron this week at 22 I like that. I like Byron, too. Well, I say this week, I say tonight. I'm not used to, like, Wednesday night NASCAR races. <laughs> exactly. This week, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then we got another one. And we got the Coca-Cola 600. <laughs> Holy jeez. These guys are like they're just ringing on them Saturday. off. Saturday. Yeah, on yeah. Saturday. Dude, no, it really is. Like if people this is where this will silence people forever. And we've only got about a minute left here, but I just bring this up. This will silence people forever that say that NASCAR guys aren't athletes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you race in NASCAR five five times in 14 days. I couldn't sit, do sit in that car, man. I couldn't get in the car and do one lap. I'd have claustrophobia. I'd flip out. I'm too fat. Like Tony Stewart it's said. It's not like F1. F1, yeah. listen, F1 is crazy, but it's a good point with the F1 guys. They're not even really drivers. They're more like pilots. They are. It's like they're operating a spaceship. There's <laughs> like computers and ding, ding. Like these guys could drive, obviously, but just the the, the type of cars uh, that, that are very, very, very different. And it's very grueling, man, NASCAR, to handle the steering wheel cam for hours and hours. It's just, it's a relentless, like, uh, routine that people don't understand. Game time decisions continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Game Time Decisions continues, as does the countdown to the Toyota 500. The lady in black awaits Darlington. Of course, Kevin Harvick uh, took the race on Sunday. He is going to be uh, racing in the exact same car uh, as well. Alex Bowman's uh, runner-up uh, finish. Very, very impressive for Alex Bowman. We've been talking about Hendrick Motorsports, and this stuff does happen in teams, guys. Like I said, like, basically, because the teams share the data, Ken. Like, it's not a coincidence that Bowman and Elliott are on the same team and they finish second and fourth. Yeah, two and four, exactly. That means that that crew, their data is good. Like, they know, all right, we're in a zone here in this track. We've got stuff figured out. We've got the cars figured out. Like I said, Joe Gibbs, it's weird, Cam. You can't say that Joe Gibbs isn't isn't winning because Truex won a race, but Truex is not having a good year. There's been five races. Mm -hmm. There was four before. He's not having a good year, but he won once. Denny Hamlin won once. But he's getting frustrated. You know what I mean? So it's weird. You can say, oh, well, Joe Gibbs has a couple of wins. Yeah, but they're not, like, dominant. Like, you'd rather almost be like Hendrick right now saying, look, man, we're two and four. We're, we're, they're, they're we're hovering. Three, we're three and five. We're getting, we're racking up points in the standings. They're lingering. But we're racking up points in the yep. standings, too, exactly. Ken. A win guarantees you a spot in the chase. Yes. But... You can get in by winning, you know, by finishing second every week, too. Oh, God, yeah. It's a lot of top threes and fives all day. That's very, that's the thing. NASCAR and golf is so many p- parallels. It's unbelievable. Oh, like, it really the, is. It's very, very similar, the, be- the betting. And that's why I like betting on NASCAR. It's good. How about Ricky Stenhouse? Ricky, <laughs> Ricky Stenhouse. Oh, the Stenhouse? Yeah. What's Unbelievable. What's Ricky Stenhouse wrecked. After all this, they come back, quarantine, first race up. He wrecks himself in the first lap. Unbelievable. That's brutal. He said That's after, so- said, uh, yeah, I mean, he goes, that was pretty embarrassing for myself. That's what he said. <laughs> pretty embarrassing. Pretty, pretty, pretty embarrassing for that. And I was talking about, uh, I was talking about Jimmy Johnson on the verge of his first uh, stage win. He made contact with Chris Buescher's car. Uh, Jimmy says after what I would do to get that corner back and do it all over again. This is a guy that's won a million races, and he's like, he's so upset that he didn't win his day. Now winless in his last 100 cup starts. Uh, Cliff Daniels, crew chief, immediately reminded the team not to get down. We've got a great race car, Daniels said on, uh, on the radio. Don't, uh, don't get down. We're going to be back in two days. So that's another good thing, Ken. How many athletes, drivers, they get an opportunity? Man, I wish I could do it again. Well, you got a chance again. You don't have a week. video day. Yeah, like, do it again. All right, we gotta get out of here. We're gonna have hour two coming up after this break. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.